Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. God bless you. Good morning. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, MIP is COVID free. Free meaning you don't need a subscription to MIP every day now for a limited time. While we endure this pandemic, we want to make it available to everyone. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, MIP is COVID free and available to you and everyone without a subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to Make It Plain, a very special guest. And as I've said before, uh, what he has done uh, more than anyone uh, is take our struggle, our liberation struggle, our freedom fighting struggle, our modern day civil and human rights movement uh, to a place where it needs to be. And that is uh, online and on the internet. Um, and what have you, and his campaigns have been uh, quite effective. Um, A lot of us tweet and post and Facebook and all of that, but he's been able to uh, harness uh, the power of online media and social media 
to actually bring about change. Um, and that is a change that is uh, appreciable and measurable. Um, and we don't know what he, we would do without him and we don't know what we would do without Color of Change and their role is so important even in this current scenario. Happy to have with us once again, my dear friend and brother from Color of Change, Rashad Robinson. Brother, how you holding up, man? I'm holding up. I'm holding up. If, if you're hearing in sirens in the background, it's because yeah. um, I live uptown in New York and there's uh, I live actually by a police, fire, and ambulance. And so there's constant sirens right now. And so that can that can sort of mess you up a little bit in the, in the head um, because it's sort of all I'm hearing right now in New York is those sirens. Uh, but mm. I'm healthy and my family's healthy. And, right. um, and Color of Change, the Color of Change family, for the most part is healthy and um, so yeah we're 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 pushing ahead yeah yeah um and in terms of color change family I mean, there are people it, not only here in new york but in other parts of the country as well right yeah so we have um offices so we have a you know a little over 80 80 full-time staff and so we have offices in um new york uh dc oakland and los angeles and then we have field staff, um, you know, that don't operate out of offices, but full-time field staff in okay. Illinois, Michigan, North Carolina, Florida, um, uh, in uh, Texas. And so, you know, uh, folks literally all around the country, when we have our, you know, a lot of folks are just coming on to using, you know, platforms like Zoom and, and Google Hangouts and things like that. But for years, we've done our work through various yeah. platforms so that we could build and engage. And um, people regularly have staff members or colleagues on their teams that are in other offices or other parts of the country. So, so you all were, were well poised for this transition into the space we're in now. Well, no one can be totally well poised when your whole life is being disrupted. And, you know, I don't have, I don't have kids, but I have staff members who have had to adjust to a, a life at home of being both teacher <laughs> to their kids um, mm -hmm. in terms of homeschooling and doing work. People who are, you know, have, have elders in their family that needed support. And, um, and so there's, a, there's definitely a lot of change, but we're an organization that was founded in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. And so we are a rapid response organization born in the midst of a crisis where government failure was at the heart of um, the sort of impact uh, on our community. And we are a digital first organization, a digitally native organization in that um, uh, while we have all sorts of work where we do offline programming, you know, over the last 18 months, 45,000 people have shown up to in-person color of change events all around the country and we do door knocking and things. We were digital first. And so yeah, the, yeah. we were always online to offline, not offline to online. Yeah, and so yeah. the fact that we were online to offline has allowed us to really um, move without a beat, miss beat, because we, um, in so many ways, had all of the functioning infrastructure to keep moving, to keep engaging, to keep fighting. And in a, a whole lot of strategies we've honed and developed over the years to force decision makers to have to listen to us, even if we weren't showing up to their office face to face. And thank God you've been uh, online and offline. Man, you mentioned Katrina and, and that was that was rough. 
this probably feels a little bit like deja vu for you. It's like we're we're living through the plagues. They're just not all happening, you know, one right after the other. But that's yeah. what we're doing for our people, you know, for Absolutely. In our Absolutely. I mean, like Black America in many cities right now is feeling like New Orleans during Katrina, right? There's yeah. not just, we're not just watching it happening someplace else and feeling outraged and sympathetic, but we are both watching it happening in places like New York and Detroit and Chicago. And then we're also watching as it might be coming to our cities and not getting the type of visibility and, and, um, and kind of uh, attention that it needs. Uh, um, you know, I talk about lots of times Katrina as a flood that was caused by bad decision makers that turned into a life altering disaster because of bad decision makers. And like Katrina, it wasn't just the flood, but it was the flood of bad decisions that preceded it and the flood of bad decisions that followed it. And in so many ways, that is what we are dealing with with Corona. It is not just this uh, virus, which, um, you know, in some regards we can say is is, you know, no one could have fully known the magnitude or many people didn't know. But what we do know is how much our government failed. Preceding this in terms of all the ways that the social safety net has been hollowed out, all the ways in which um, communities have been left exposed because we have made huge tax cuts to the wealthiest Americans and, and, and cut resources and funding, and we've avoided providing health care and living wage, to the decisions once we knew the virus was coming and all the ways in which um, corporations were uh, uh, put at the front of the line and families and communities were put on the back of the line. The thing I'm really worried about, Mark, is, um, is right, you know, we're seeing how bad this virus has hit places like Chicago and Detroit. And, you know, we're seeing the impact in California, although that seems to be going the other way. We're obviously looking at our city, New York, but in all those places, we have governors that Black people have elected. They're not perfect, right? I have, I have spent more than enough time protesting Cuomo um, yeah. and pushing yeah. on Cuomo and, and even in the midst of this virus, watching him be pretty Trumpian about criminal justice. And when I say pretty Trumpian about criminal justice, rolling back bail reform without facts or data or real, or real um, sort of... Uh, expert um, analysis, right? Uh, it's that is Trumpian, you know, he's being all sort of anti-Trump about the virus and being very fact-based when he talks about it and getting a lot of um, applause. And then when it comes to criminal justice and issues impacting race, he kind of turns it to Donald Trump and says he's looked at the data on bail. And when we ask him about the data, mm -hmm. uh, he, he tells us, I've looked at it and won't tell us what it is. So imagine that type of behavior from Cuomo, that type of uh, non-science-based, non-structured-based um, times 50 in places like Georgia and Mississippi and South Carolina and Florida, where our people are living at much higher numbers, where in where resources have been hollowed out. And so as this virus continues to travel, I am just deeply worried about our people. And it's part of why we have really worked to develop a set of responses and a set of campaigns to hopefully both build narrative power about what needs to happen next, but also to um, hold government and corporations accountable for how they 
um, respond to this impact on our communities. Right. Uh, we do know. Well, first of all, this started out as an an urban myth. Yeah. That we couldn't get the Rona. <laughs> you know, we were immune to it. And overnight, that has changed. Um, we are becoming, uh, I guess, the majority, proportionately, of the deaths to this disease. Um, and I guess, too, we have to acknowledge, it isn't true, Rashad, that, that for us, the pandemic didn't just start in the last month. All of the cumulative um, um, and generational health disparities that we've suffered as a people brought us here. I mean, this, this has been going on for years. So if it in fact is true, um, lack, lack, lack of adequate health care, access to health care, um, uh, so-called comorbidities, pre-existing conditions, yeah. um, what the World Health Organization that Donald Trump doesn't want to listen to calls the determinants of health. If, if all of those things are reasons we are dying disproportionately, um, this epidemic or pandemic started years ago for us, didn't it? Absolutely. You know, uh, I think sometimes folks want to talk about this like it's a, like it's unfortunate, like a car accident. Like mm. it sort of just happened. Like we don't know how all these problems sort of got here this way or why is it impacting black people this way? And it's not unfortunate like a car accident. It's unjust because it's actually been manufactured through a whole set of choices, as you said, um, around, um, you know, how um, healthcare access has been supported and funded in our communities. The resources that have went into um, dealing with many of the preconditions that um, that uh, kind of uh, track with our community and, and what are we doing about things like um, diabetes. You know, the United States has 3% of the world's population, roughly 3% of the world's population, and about 25% of the world's incarcerated population. Mm. That is not a mistake. That has been manufactured because locking up black and brown people has been big for business. And this is not just about private prisons, which represents a small percentage of the prison population. This is about all the contracts that go into federal prisons. This is about the communities, oftentimes white communities and states that are buoyed and held together because they have a prison or a jail. And now we've got this virus spreading rapidly through places where social distancing is literally impossible. And then you've got correction officials, which can, in many places, disproportionately black or brown going in and out of these facilities and back into their communities. We already know that um, the data on correction officials um, who, um, you know, those who like, for instance, studies on those who worked in Rikers Island, um, you know, having a much shorter life expectancy than other folks with like similar, you know, pension type jobs. Um, and because of the way in which these um, environments lend themselves to all sorts of bad health outcomes. And so, you know, there's so many different reasons why this virus is spreading quickly through our communities. And then why once black people get it, um, you know, are being impacted differently. You know, the elders 
Um, in my community, I used to always hear this phrase, you know, when America gets the cold, black people get the flu. That's right. And, um, and this um, is just a reminder for anyone who thought that there was gonna be some pandemic that was gonna sweep the United States and that somehow black people would suddenly be um, like immune to it. Folks like took Black Panther, the movie, too literally, or have been yeah, wearing yeah. way too much science fiction, mm-hmm. or just have like, are just too far too hopeful about um, what it means to be Black in America. And what it means to be Black in America, it means that these systems do hit us and hurt us um, more deeply. It means that we need a deep and strong community response. And then we need also the ability to hold institutions accountable. So at Color of Change, we've developed this platform called theblackresponse.org. Theblackresponse.org is our hub where basically we have organized, you know, over 80 organizations around a set of demands around prisons and jails and are now running local campaigns around the country to target and push prosecutors and governors to do something different. We are, you know, doing a whole set of economic justice campaigns around universal basic income and, and other and other things that are, you know, important, but with a racial analysis, fighting around this the small business loans and the fact that the ones that just came out in the first CARES Act won't get to black communities because of the ways they are structured and how all the money was put into big banks that have you know, for years been, um, you know, abusive, abusive to our communities. And then, you know, the other couple of things that we're working off of that platform is a lot of work around big tech. You know, we for years have been battling Facebook and other platforms. And so, you know, we're on Zoom right now, but just last week we had um, a meeting with the senior leadership at Zoom around a campaign that we've launched around them, around them dealing with encryption and tighter security uh, measures because white nationalists have been organizing on 4chan and other platforms to do sometimes what they want to do to our churches, to our community events and others, which is disrupt our ability to engage and they've been disrupting all sorts of community gatherings not just from black people but from other oppressed communities i know that the daughters of the movement um gathering just last week um you know uh gina belafonte and a number of folks were gathered and their gathering was infiltrated um you know we are watching this happen in real time and we're forcing right now zoom to have to do a set of new things to redesign their platform because we shouldn't um, have to take all of our work offline to online and then not, and then have all sorts of ways where we, um, you know, are, are unsafe in ways that we were unsafe 40, 50 years ago, right? Technology that is supposed to bring us into the future is dragging us into the past. Yeah. And then the final thing that I'll say about sort of the things on uh, the blackresponse.org is um, a whole set of campaigns around democracy issues. You know, anyone who was watching what happened in Wisconsin, where they kept those polls open, even enforced black people in Milwaukee, where 81 percent of the um, of the new of the new coronavirus infections are black people. Um, And in a city um, had people waiting on these lines while Republican officials were walking around in masks, gloves, and full attire because they knew how dangerous this virus is, but yet they were forcing people to choose between their safety and their vote 
um, we have a lot to do in terms of fighting around voting rights. And we're obviously continuing to partner with a lot of our, our partners like um, you know, Advancement Project and Lawyers Committee and others, but also running rapid response online campaigns around this, as well as working to get as many people to fill out the census because of just how important um, all of this, um, these issues have exposed the census to be. Um, and so, you know, that is, those are a number of things that we're trying to get people to do because in this moment of outrage, in this moment of awareness, we're hoping that people take that energy and move it to action, move right. it to action in ways that they can actually do something. Yeah, no, that's, that's important folks. We invite you to go to the blackresponse.org. Let me ask you this, Rashad. Um, and, and I did see what was going on with zoom. I'm glad you raised that and the other things. Has, have there been any victories yet uh, in terms of those who are incarcerated? Have you found any jurisdictions yet that have been amenable to the concerns that color change is, is raising? Yeah, so there have been some places. I mean, I, I'm going to caveat that none of this is where we want it to be. Sure. All these places, were, but you know, Michigan and Colorado are perfect examples of places that have significantly decreased um, their prison and jail population. Even in New York, where it has not been enough, we are starting to see some release happening. Um, you know, California has started to, um, to do some release. In all of these places, it's a lot of negotiation, right? There's, there are the questions about where people go when they're released and we're having to like do this back and forth around you know hotels who want bailouts about what are these hotels putting in now in terms of space um in this moment um there's a lot of negotiation about who it will be and we've charted out folks that should be released immediately you know elders um, uh, folks who have less than a year, folks who haven't been convicted of anything and are there because they can't afford bail, um, folks who are, you know, there's a whole set of crimes for which people should be released right away. But there are questions about where people go once they're released, right? Like family, families are oftentimes rightfully a little worried about um, who may have been social distancing really well to now have someone come into their home who has been in a space where they know the virus is ripping through. And so there might be grandmas and grandpas who are not ready for um, someone to come into their home um, given um, um, the way that, and so finding places where people can quarantine for 14 days before going back into, um, into homes where there might be people that have um, challenges to their immune system or preconditions. And so all of those are some of the questions that we're trying to also answer why we are making very deep demands on cities and states that have, um, you know, had incarceration rates that have ballooned over these last several decades and need to do something. Yeah. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, the blackresponse.org um, and as Rashad has said, they've been doing uh, both online and offline work, but as really uh, pioneers in terms of the digital liberation struggle mm -hmm. uh, and um, really the most successful at it. Um, this is such a time for color of change. They were made for this time. So you can get involved. We don't just have to sit at home and do nothing. I know people like Netflix and everything, um, but there are other things you can do. And it's just, and, and it's not a lot either, is it Rashad? It's, 
it's emailing, it's it's texting, right? People can do that. Email, there's texting, there's phone calls. Yeah. Um, some of our more active members were now putting this peer-to-peer -peer app in there, allowing them to download this peer-to-peer -peer app that allows folks to um, engage their friends and family networks to um, help them um, encourage people in their networks to take action. Um, you know, there's there's as, as little or as much as you have time for in this moment. But what we try to do is provide very meaningful things. And so right. you will never see a campaign from Color of Change that says, tell Mitch McConnell to stand up for affirmative action. Because we know no matter how many people sign that petition, Mitch McConnell will not stand up for affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And so we're only going to ask you to take action where we have a theory of change, a power analysis around if we can pressure these forces that change is possible and so we're going to ask you to join us in efforts that we believe will make justice real not just clicks but justice um the steps to the letter from the birmingham jail folks rashad's following them collection of the evidence one two negotiation three dr king calls spiritual purification which really was preparing oneself to react to violence non-violently Clearly, digital campaigns are nonviolent, so to speak. Although, as he pointed out on Zoom, you know, it, it's not physical violence, but there is online violence that we have to endure and be prepared for. Uh, and then, if necessary, uh, direct action. And we're doing that digitally with Color of Change. Um, my brother, um, good to talk to you. Folks, we want you to go to theblackresponse.org. Get involved. You can do a little something uh, while this is uh, uh, going on. Um, um, and I just mentioned, Rashad, you talked about the voting piece. You know, if there are disproportionate numbers of African-Americans dying in the states that, just to be frank about it, Donald Trump barely won by less than 100,000 votes with Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and, and if we are dying in disproportionate numbers, you know, we, we've had to get involved. We do not want his failure in this pandemic um, to be rewarded with re-election because we're not involved, we're not organizing, and some of us, frankly, are dying. So we have to make up for that. We invite you to go to, to theblackresponse.org. Uh, and he's absolutely right. All of these people working in these corrections institutions, sometimes working in those institutions can be in, as traumatic as being incarcerated in those institutions. A great movie by uh, that Alfred Woodard was in, Clemency. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Sundance. It was a great, yeah. great film, yeah. And, and that just lets you know that, you know, what she's going through and what many people deal with every day, theblackresponse.org. My brother, uh, appreciate you. I like the sound of that app too, man. You know, I just don't mind talking to you and being your friend. You know, you feel free to give me an assignment. So I, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I like that on that myself. Yeah, absolutely. I can dig that. I can get some folk, get some folk going and get some things done. Colorofchange.org, theblackresponse.org, on Twitter as well, Color of Change. Rashad, love you, brother. Continuing to pray fervently for your family you. and thank all you, families. Brother. All right, man, take care. All right, man, thank all you. All right, all right, thank you.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 